I just love that Leo arrived, learns about the whole like oh. mess up with the hair. Yeah. Supposed to be, it's supposed to be green and he's all excited about making fun of her. And oh no, it's not green hair at all. It's absolutely gorgeous blonde hair. And he's like defeated. <laughs> he's like, oh no, she's hot. <laughs> Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today we are continuing our Hathaway's read along with Poppy and Harry in Tempt Me at Twilight um, by Lisa Claypass, obviously. <laughs> Seth. Yeah. What's this book about? All right. Um, so basically, Harry is the Harry Rutledge um, who owns the Rutledge Hotel in London. And we finally get to meet him. This mysterious man as Poppy is wandering the the secret tunnels of the hotel and she meets him and he meets her and he's instantly attracted to her and wants to know more about her. But then he finds out that she is, I guess, quote unquote, promised to another man. They she kind of has a relationship going, but it's secret. And um, he kind of takes it into his own hands to destroy that relationship so he can be with Poppy. Um, and he also goes to the extent of compromising her in a very public setting and thus commences their road to marriage. And before they can get married, Poppy discovers that he was actually the person that stopped the, uh, her relationship with Michael. Ruined her chances with the other guy. Yeah, with Michael. And their marriage starts off with the blinders wide open. She knows what she's getting into and she promises him no love whatsoever. And she goes for it anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I call quietly obsessed men is tired of pining from afar and takes what he wants. Yeah. That's that trope. <laughs> that That is a good trope to uh, start a book with. And so basically, we still have the Hathaways involved in the situation. They're all like, are you sure you want to marry this guy? And she's like, I will marry him because I have no other options. Um, and if she doesn't marry him, like we said, she was compromised. So if she doesn't marry him, she's going to be steeped in scandal. And so like Marge said, she chooses to uh, pr- like continue on with this marriage and... Their marriage is the least conventional we've seen. The least conventional? I mean, in the sense where, like, they don't really have a home. They're living in the hotel. They're not at all uh, on equal standing in terms of, like... basically strangers. And they're secluded from the Hathaways in a way. And he feels absolutely no remorse. None whatsoever. (laughs) And he starts his marriage off also not wanting her heart. Um, all right. So... Let's start with, with Marge. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> um so funny story is, first off, uh this was back in the day my very first Lisa Claypass book I ever read. Fun fact number two is this was actually not only my first Lisa Claypass book, it was also my first historical romance 
book I ever read. Wow. So, and I never reread this book since. So you can imagine that it does have, you know, a special place in my heart just because it it's where it all started for me. Yeah. It's, it was with the Hathaways. It was with Poppy and Harry. And I was like, oh my God, this, I'm discovering a whole new world here. So I kind of didn't know what to expect going into this reread because how would it compare to my original feelings towards it? You know, my original feelings were very much based on the fact that everything was so new to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I started in the, like, smack bam in the middle of the series, which is something I never do. You never do that. But this was back when I was reading. So I got this book from the library. So, like, it was back when I was reading from the library a lot. And, like, you don't fucking know if it's book three in the series. Yeah, I enjoyed this book, probably not as much as I did the first time around, but I still very much enjoyed it. Um, It's a hot book. What can I say? And (laughs) for me, I will say, though, that the story really starts at I think it's like 32 percent or so. Mm -hmm. Like the very first like the very beginning of it. I'm never like too keen on just because it's a little like slow and you're like where is this headed it seems like there's no fucking plot here like I don't know where we're going I'm not sure about these characters sorry these characters like how do they go together blah 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 but then at that 32 percent mark which is where you know uh Harry does what he does and you know things get revealed and you're like oh okay (laughs) um that's where it really starts for me and I have other things uh, to discuss, but that can wait till later in All the right. discussion. Well, this was a book that I think I reread, well, read twice, and I personally did not like this book much the first time, and I think it was more so, like you said, the beginning was very slow, and at that point, I think I was more so just like reading it because I wanted to get to the next one because of how slow the beginning was. And then the second time around, I read it because I did a reread of the Hathaways myself because I just wanted to I went in knowing what I knew about the book obviously because I read it and then once I read it I actually learned to appreciate the story and the characters and I really really liked it the second time around um third time around I was having trouble getting into it again and I think that could just be a me thing because at this moment I feel like historical romance I love it but I feel like I was just kind of struggling with this book and but once I got into it once I got married I was like yeah I'm here for it again Because I think Harry's character is so interesting to me. And I feel like Poppy's character was really... Like, those two just really complemented each other really well. And I felt like the story was different. And I enjoyed it again the third time. So, yeah, I liked it. Yes. You're the one here who has not read this book before. No. And we were kind of, like, warding you off the last week. (laughs) The last time. Well, okay. Before you go, the reason why is because I think for you, it could go two ways. It could be either you love it because Harry is a little obsessive in a way. And ruthless. And ruthless and a little psychotic in some ways. Or you could hate it. So I'm like, you know, a lot of people do. Like a lot of people do not like this book. So I was like, I'm not sure where she's going to fall on this. Yeah, I'm nervous. You know? So how, how, where, where, where do you fall on that spectrum? So I fall on the love it side. Oh, okay, really? yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, okay. I like, really love it. Um, I feel like this is one of the books that was like really easy for me to get into and enjoy really? from beginning to end. Um, I'm obsessed with Harry and yes. his his many many ways. 
obsessed. Yeah. I felt like I loved Poppy a little bit more than, I don't know, just getting to be inside her head and like just reading about her. Like I appreciated her a lot more than mm. when I first, when she was first introduced in the mm-hmm. beginning of the series. But yeah, I, I uh, love, love this book. Like really loved it. Really? Yeah. Oh yay! That's yeah. so good. I was I was honestly tired because okay the backstory here is that we've been reading the Wallflower series and then mm-hmm. we went straight into reading the Hathaway so mm-hmm. we have been reading historical romance for quite some time now. So are you girls you know, hitting your limit? You feel no, but I was scared that you would because you know this is new to you. You yeah. haven't read this much historical romance before so i was like sort of worried that you you were gonna get tired of it at Mm -hmm. some point and like i was like oh this could be the book that makes or breaks it for you you know like i don't know (laughs) i think i was feeling it where it it could have like made or break it with no with craven oh Oh. yeah fucking craven (laughs) yeah like that book i was just like maybe i'm hitting my limit and yeah and then i feel like with this book i loved it more than the other two <gasps> a little bit more more than, than win and and yeah. kev <gasps> i love their story a little bit more i feel like it, it is more up your alley i would say this one mm-hmm. yeah let's start with where it actually starts yes. which is the wedding and the whole scheme well maybe not scheme like well i mean i was gonna say he didn't like plan it in advance though um, he kind of man <laughs> I'm curious, like, I want to know what you thought of that whole thing, S, because you're the only one who didn't know it was coming, that he was going to, you know, do all the dirty work in the background to make sure that she would, that he would be her only option in the end, that she would have to marry him. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole compromising, making, like, kissing her. The way that he knew people were there, she, like, (laughs) felt him look somewhere, and then, yeah. He kisses her even harder because he just saw that people were looking. (laughs) Oh, God. Fucking Harry. Um, The the interesting thing is that this, at least for me, was kind of like a repeat of the last book with the doctor, except here, he's the hero. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have that in my notes. Shut up, Al. Okay, I'm just gonna leave then. Jeez. <laughs> no, please. I'm saying shut up in the sense where, like, I can't believe our brains are, like, you know, the same. One brain. We have one brain on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, because in the last book with Wynne, uh, you know, obviously Wynne and Kev are caught kissing, and then the doctor comes in and he's like, oh, it was me. And then he forces her into marrying him. Yeah. Here, it's basically the same thing, except it is poppy and harry kissing and then he notices that they're being watched and he's like this is an opportunity i'm not gonna let slip mm-hmm. by me and yeah. he kisses her even harder to make sure that she has to marry him so he does force her into marrying him in a way yeah. uh even though she's at that point very much in love with another man yeah just i just want to know how you felt about that whole thing when it went down i thought it was romantic <laughs> <laughs> I canceled. Lo- we are immediately canceled. <laughs> no, Thank I you, loved it. The, just the way he went about things. Yeah, I guess you can kind of say he manipulated the situation. But I mean... Kind of? Yeah. Did he really, though? <laughs> Feminism out the door. Never heard of her. She's not here today. <laughs> but no, I loved it. I mean, I didn't see anything wrong. I mean... I mean, 
I can see where you're coming from, and I also feel like the book very much says it. Like, he sees himself as a villain, and she also calls Absolutely. him a villain. He is a villain, though. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going into the book expecting him to act villain-like, so, I mean, it doesn't excuse a lot of his actions, but it explains yeah. most it's, of them. I'll allow it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, um, as you were talking about how Dr. Harrow, Harrow? Hell no? What, what was Hell no. Hell no. Dr. Hell no. Dr. Hell no and when, um, it kind of resembles Poppy and Harry in a way where like Dr. Hell no wanted to keep, I don't know why I'm saying it was a straight face, wanted to keep her as like a curiosity, like an object to admire. Um, mm. And we kind of get that here with Harry and Poppy and we see their first meeting in his room of curiosities. He has like a room filled filled with antiques i'm so sad that's not his sex room honestly the opportunity was right there lisa claypass i mean i can't imagine harry with the sex room i'm just saying i could too Mm -hmm. i could too like room of curiosities hello that sounds sexual to me yeah (laughs) can you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i just thought it was really interesting here that their first meeting was in this antique room Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) <laughs> and he just admired her, like, for her beauty and all of that. And, like, anyways, he just seemed to want her to uh, showcase in a way. So this is a story where, and it literally says so in the book, where marriage isn't the end. It is the beginning. Yeah. Which is true of all things. You know, you don't get married and suddenly life is great. You know, which, you know, a lot of romance novels end that way. But here it's the beginning and it's a very shaky beginning to say the least Mm -hmm. um they basically don't talk to each other (laughs) they basically don't hang out with each other they just they're strangers living in an apartment together Mm -hmm. they don't have the same room they sleep in separate beds uh during their wedding night he can very much tell that uh she's not into it she reminds him multiple times that she wishes he were another man (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't you know go very well for him um how was that whole part of the book for you where they're very much like they they are not there i mean they're strangers um okay so for me how i saw that scene was um she hates him and she has the right to hate him she's Mm -hmm. like appalled by him and disgusted by him which rightfully so she should be And I love that she found little ways to, like, hit him where it hurts. And I Mm -hmm. love that she, you know, she was petty about it. Because I would have been, too. Like, there's no, like, why would you take the high road when, you know, you can easily hurt the man that hurt you. Mm -hmm. And at that point, she firmly believes that she loves Michael. So, of course, she's going to, like, act out and hate her husband. And I love (laughs) when they were, like, like, you know, in the bedroom. And she's, like, what was it? Something, no, like, virgin tendencies or something like that or... She wasn't going to, like, I don't know. All I remember was that he had to prove her wrong, that he would, she would not be thinking about Michael during the time. So he, like, ends up, you know, they're on the bed and, like, they start doing things. But then, like, they don't have sex. But I just, I love that she took that opportunity to, like, be petty with him. Because Mm -hmm. she she should be. She has the right to be. Yeah. He's, He's very jealous. There's several instances where... Like, she learns that Michael basically is disintegrating into a drunk because of what happened. Like, he's going out every night, getting drunk, spending money, spending time with 
you know, prostitutes and such. Yeah. Um, and she wants to go talk to him. And Mr. Harry's like, absolutely fucking not on my watch. You belong to <laughs> me and only me. Right. He pulls um, that line so many times. So many times. Every time she wants to go to Michael, even if it's like to, you know, she's very reasonable about it. She's very grown up about it. She's like, I just want to have this conversation. Like, he doesn't deserve this. You can tag along if you want to. Right. You can come along. Harry's like, no. Did we kind of like threaten her a little bit? Yes. A little bit. I have a question. Love to Do you see think it. his jealousy rivals that of the Romany men that we've already, like, we've already read about? Or do you think it's on par? Or even more, he's more jealous than Cam and Kev. I would say more. Yeah. I mean... Because I, I feel like Kev and Cam at least have the emotional maturity to be like, I am not for this, but I will let you do it because I know I can't stop you. Whereas Harry has not grown up emotionally enough to be able to do that so he's like no you're not going anywhere without me you hear that you're not gonna go see that man ever again ever he's very much like a a boy holding on to his toy yeah life and i think the difference here is the men like cam and kev they trusted their women whereas Mm. here harry's like you love this man what's What's stopping you from, like, pursuing a relationship on the side with him? Which, you know, it, it comes from the fact that he's literally never had anything like that. Like, he's yeah. never been loved. He doesn't believe that he can be loved. Um, he was always isolated as a boy. Uh, couldn't, couldn't have toys, couldn't have friends, couldn't, couldn't even talk to the staff around the hotels that he was in. He grew up in hotels. Like, he didn't have a home, like, you know. By the true sense of the word like he no. didn't have an actual home um and so he grew up in this person that continued those kinds of patterns with the people around him you know uh for instance poppy wanted to have a relationship with his staff because she comes from this huge family that she's very close with yeah. it's very chaotic she's used to that environment so for her it was only natural to try and find a new family amongst these people because now she doesn't live with her family and she probably feels that loss yeah so she's trying to connect with the people around her and he forbids it he's like i don't want you talking to the staff like we don't do that like they're gonna forget oh my god they're gonna forget uh, their place their place (laughs) i'm gonna have issues (laughs) no i just i think that's really interesting to me because like you said poppy comes from a big family but like imagine going from like a rebunctious like group of people that all they do is talk 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 and like they're close with each other and then now she's kind of secluded and alone and the only person she has to talk to is harry and she doesn't even want to talk to him at this point he never even you know he doesn't make himself even known like he's he's in the room or whatever so she literally has no one so of course like she's gonna try and find some sort of place where she feels welcome yeah yeah it sounds super lonely i don't know if it's mentioned that much in the book itself but you can certainly put yourself in her shoes and just imagine how quiet and lonely that life must seem to her and cold you know like it's a hotel it's very impersonal like Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like harry puts a lot of himself into his environment whereas she comes from this home that was basically a wreck you know at first and they've slowly put love and some of themselves into what's their home called again ramsey house House? Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, like Anyways. even down to the wallpaper, we know Kev put yeah. love into it. So it's just like oh. here she goes True. to like this. Oh my god, Kev! <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, what I was trying to say was that she literally can't even leave the their suite. She's not even allowed out of the room because yeah. he's like, you don't know what people are gonna do out there, so you better stay inside. Mm. Um, yeah, and she always needs an escort everywhere she goes. That being said. One person who I feel very much shines in this book is Leo, who after their wedding, he literally has a talk with Harry and he's like, it's not a matter of if she leaves you. It's a matter of when. So I'm going to stay in London to bide my time till she uh, comes to me because she wants to go home because I know it's going to happen. You're going to fuck up at some point. Boy, I know you. Can we commend Leo for kicking out the person he was having sex with because his sister came to his house? (laughs) Right? Imagine him in book one. He never would have done that in book one. No. He would have left his sister on the porch. My sister, she holds top priority. She's the only priority. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't wouldn't be, like, lucid enough to even, like, you know, consider what you might be saying at that point. No. And I think Leo has come such a long way. Yeah, yeah. He has. such a long way. Like he's a proper good brother in this book, who's looking out for his sister, who he's looking out for his family. He's ready to leave London and all the opportunities that are there for him, uh, of the sexual kind, of course, um, <laughs> to go back to you know boring old countryside. <laughs> and he's also curiously excited to see a certain Miss Marks. Again. Curiously so. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Speaking of Miss Marks and Leo, yeah. ask, how do you feel about their development in this book? Yeah, because in the last book, you weren't keen on them. I wasn't as excited or intrigued. I'm intrigued now, especially with the way it ended. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's how you end a book, like, to get you excited for the next one. How like. did you feel about their end scene, though? Because I guess they had a moment, right? But we don't see But that. they had a moment before that scene, because he's like... You didn't expect me to actually leave and not talk about what just happened. But do we see that? We don't see that. We see it, I think, in their book. In their book, right? But we don't know what exactly we happened. We don't know in yet what happened. We don't see? know. So yeah. that's what gets me intrigued and excited to mm-hmm. read and start But the also, book. who is Miss Marks? Like, why is she hiding her identity? Why is it... What happened to her? Where does she come from? Wasn't she compromised as well, right? Don't know. Wasn't that like like hinted at like a couple books back? Don't that's know. a rumor. That's the rumor going around about her. Well, in this book, we find out that um, Harry's mother went mm. to London because he's from Bo- Boston. Boston. Yes. He's from Boston. Yeah. So his mother went to London. In London, she's had numerous uh, lovers. And during that time, she mothered uh Catherine so Catherine's his half sister mm-hmm. and um we find out that he went to London his mom had died but he found Catherine in a really bad situation and the only kind of I guess communication they've had was him saving her from that bad situation and um she's kind of been on the run since I just love that Leo arrived learns about the whole like oh. mess up with the hair yeah. it's supposed to be green and he's all excited about making fun of her that he's like so marching funny. in like I'm gonna make fun of her she's gonna hate it and hate me and it's gonna be great and then she he sees her he literally like undo undoes her like wrap hair wrap or whatever she's wearing to hide her hair 
And oh no, it's not green hair at all. It's absolutely gorgeous blonde hair. And he's mm-hmm. like defeated. <laughs> he's like, oh no, she's hot. <laughs> he can't, he, he, he suddenly doesn't know what to do with himself. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. But I thought it was really interesting that she decided to dye her hair. And I didn't really realize right? dyeing your hair was a thing back then. Yeah. Like in the 1800s. I didn't know that they had that, like... Not sure it was safe. <laughs> yes. Like, not sure that the products they were using wasn't, like, super harmful. But, yeah. you know. Amelia did say her hair was really, like, like thin or Shiny. whatever. That to hold off on coloring it for now. Oh, right. Yeah, compromised. So, I don't think it was the best thing to put on your head. Yeah, there's probably like fucking lead in it or some shit. Oh my gosh, <laughs> some shit like that. Jeez. Um, but let's uh circle back here oh, okay. to uh Poppy and hair. Unless you have any more to say about Leo and no Catherine, I'm just excited to revisit their story again. <laughs> same girl, same girl. I love their book. Probably this one or the next is it's in between those two for my favorites in the series. So. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but circling back to Poppy and Harry, um, I just want to say, you know, there are scenes that are memorable right. in life. That you, And I'm talking specifically about sex scenes that like, you remember vividly <laughs> just, re- yeah. reading. Um, and one of them is in this book for me and always has been. And it's their first sex scene where it's painful as fuck for her. And it stayed with me because it is not something you see in romance very often. Like, Mm -mm. for her, it's absolutely not pleasurable that first time. Like, he goes in, she's like, ouch. (laughs) And it doesn't end. You know, it's not suddenly like, oh, this wave of pleasure washed away the pain and I suddenly loved it. It's like, no, 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 no. She's not fucking enjoying herself. And he's like, he notices that. So he finishes really quickly. Or actually, no. He he, never finishes. He 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 doesn't finish. Right. Yeah. He pulls out. Full staff. According to like, (laughs) can I just say, I love Leo and Poppy's relationship because she was, she felt fully comfortable to talk about sex with her brother. Love it. Right. Yeah. She's like, oh, um, he has this like member issue and he's like are you sure you should be discussing that with it's me and she's like well endowments or something I don't know. yeah and he's and she's like well i'm not gonna discuss this with amelia because i i doubt cam has this issue <laughs> <laughs> so he's like okay and she's like well he he didn't like finish like he was still hard anyways so he pulls out because he's like horrified that you know she's literally in pain and just like taking it because in her brain she's like well that's what I should be expecting here, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, which is interesting because, you know, oftentimes in these books, like the women expect pain because, like, that's what their mothers what told them told, and, yeah. and such. But here, you would expect that Poppy, and I, I think she does have a different perspective on sex just because she's seen it through the eyes of Wynne. Yeah. Uh, well, not through the eyes, but through what Wynne and, and Amelia might have said, which for them, it's obvious they have like a very good sexual relationship with their husbands. You wouldn't expect her to go into this, you know, knowing that sex could be painful or whatnot. But, Mm -hmm. you know, she kind of just assumes that it's because there's no love between them type Mm -hmm. of thing. Like, she's just, she's not in love with her husband. So it's not a pleasurable experience. 
Anywho, I fucking love that scene. Like, I just, I don't know why. Something about it is, like, very angsty to me. The fact that both of them don't know where the other is coming from. Like, he thinks he hurt her to the point where she left. She thinks she's not enough for him. So, that's why he, you know, pulled out and was like, I can't do this. Like, she thinks it was her. She was the issue. Yeah. I love that. I just do. And then she leaves. She fucking leaves his ass after that. Yeah, She's like, and she Goodbye. asks his, like, his manager, right. help me out. Like, let's take me to my brother and don't tell my husband where I went until the morning. Like, give me a head start. Because <laughs> <laughs> she knew her husband would have chased her all the way across the country. Well, she, she did and she didn't. You know, there was that, like small doubt inside of her she was like i want him to follow me because i need him to show me that he needs me yeah but there's also that chance that he won't follow me but even leo is like he's gonna follow he's gonna follow (laughs) he's gonna follow (laughs) speaking of their first sex scene i think it really mirrored where they were at in their emotional relationship and it's just, like, their unwillingness to commute and, like, come together mm. and actually talk things through. So I feel like that's why that scene, at least from in my perspective, why that scene was so important to have in the book. It's because they weren't at all ready for that sex. They weren't at all yeah. ready to, like, share their feelings with one another. Um, true. But, yeah, Very no, true. Harry was really angry that morning. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they literally don't – you're right. Like, they they literally don't – talk about it you know she's like clearly in pain but she's not really saying anything she's kind of just saying like oh yeah continue keep going and he's not really expressing his feelings either so like both of them are not talking and saying it you know what they want to say before that i feel like they didn't really they had minimal conversations like the only i think the longest conversation they had was when he fell asleep on the the couch when she was reading to him that was so cute (laughs) He's so tired all the time. He's got a busy life. Um, yeah, so so she leaves his ass and he follows. Yeah. He's angry. I'm so mad that I was... I, I That was the part of the book that I didn't remember. Like, do they actually talk while he he's angry at her for leaving him or they don't? But the whole thing is like, no, his brothers, her brothers know that... He's probably going to arrive angry and, like, they distract him to, like, you know, take him down enough. I love that scene, though. I just thought it was so funny. I mean, I love that scene, but I also want to, I, I kind of wanted angry Harry claiming his rights. Okay, know? I see that. But I also feel like for Poppy and Harry, Harry has only ever really been angry with her and, like, not with her, but, like, in their situation that, like, I think we needed to see a softer side of harry at that point yeah I agree. fair enough fair enough but can i just say i'm so sad we didn't get to see kev beat the shit out of him but we all know kev would have like literally killed him yeah yeah and what about the little revelation how'd you feel about that i mean you already knew they had children s but like i what? love that win is like i'm pregnant i'm expecting and then leo's like oh this is good he's gonna <laughs> is this so good he's gonna think like it's true but then actually it's fake and she's like no it's and everyone's true. like, wait, what? You can't yeah. be pregnant. Um, how did you feel about that? I mean, that was cute. I feel like it's very them, right? Like, yeah. Cute and chaotic. Exactly. Cute, cute and, chaotic. and chaotic. That is the halfway yeah. family. 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Endearing and chaotic. No, I just feel like, yeah, their scenes, their banter, it just makes me laugh so hard. Like, I, I don't even, I don't know. I just love the Hathaways. I think they're so cute. Yeah. Yeah, I really thought we were going to gain a monkey here because I couldn't remember if the monkey oh. joins the pack or no, but the monkey doesn't join the pack. I love the little uh, Dodger, his little dancing Ferret, moments yeah. where he gets all excited. Love Dodger. And... He's so excited to see Miss Marks when she enters a room. He's like, oh my God. And then Catherine's like, oh my gosh, can you stop? But then she gives him her slipper. Yeah. And he stole her garters, all of them. He always steals them, though. That's nothing new. How did you go with the hedgehog? Oh, I love that little moment where he kind of reaches down and grabs it and it waddles. And so cute. And everyone's like, uh, he, the hedgehog is going to prick your fingers. Yeah. It's going to happen. And then you see the little hedgehog just like slowly go into his hands and like fall <laughs> yeah. asleep. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, and isn't Beatrix like, oh, you can always judge a men's character by how he handles a hedgehog? And someone's like, is that a saying? She's like, I made it up. (laughs) And I love how Beatrix is like, I am Team Harry from the get-go. I love her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just because he was kind to her animal, the pet. Yeah. What did you think of her uh, saying that he's a cat and Poppy is a, a rabbit? Do you actually feel like that fits their personalities? That, that was one of my questions I wanted to ask you girls. What animal would you girls Oh, my God. I did the test, be? you know, on her website, and I don't remember what I was. There's a test? There was a test on her old website. She redid her website a few years ago, and now it's gone. But there was a test oh to figure God. out what pet you were. Like, sorry, not what pet, what animal you were. I would have loved to take in that test. Do you have an answer, S? No, I don't. Probably just something cute. What's a cute animal? Oh, okay. <laughs> What's a cute little... She's like, I'd be something cute. <laughs> What's a cute little animal? I don't know. Uh, a rabbit. Uh, um, an otter. Otters are so cute. Can we find like a, a, a website that's like, what animal are you? I'd be curious. We should take it right now and give our results. All right. I found animal personality quiz. What animal would you be? All right. So, uh, 30 minutes later of uh, cut uh, content, we've got our answers. This was a very long test, so, so uh, we'll link it. But honestly, uh, <laughs> it took forever, so I don't recommend it. Uh, but we do have our answers, yes. so let's share. All right. And you can read the little paragraph that comes with it. Okay. Who wants to start? Seth, since you finished first, how about you okay, share okay. first? So the animal I got was an owl. Um, so apparently, um, my friends and family <laughs> consider me to be extremely wise and always comes comes to me for help. Um, it continues on with, however, sometimes your awareness of your own wisdom can come across as arrogance, even though most of the time you just want to chill. Okay, can I just say, I got the exact same, and I feel like it fits me, it doesn't fit you. It doesn't fit me, no. But it thanks for telling you. me uh, not wise. No, but in the sense that, like, I can definitely say I probably come off as arrogant sometimes. No, I, for me, I think the first part fits me, but the second part doesn't fit me. Us? Okay, so I got a butterfly. A butterfly! You're a, a butterfly? butterfly? Yeah, it says, you are a butterfly. You are in a constant state of change, always ready to break from your current cocoon and to try new things. Sometimes, however... This can make you seem a bit flaky to your friends, but you're just enjoying life to the max. There you go. Two owls, one butterfly. butterfly. 
Uh, don't know how accurate this quiz is, but it was uh, the first one I found. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, if you do take the quiz, though, feel free to share us, uh, share with us online. Uh, what your answer was, we mm-hmm. would love to know. Uh, so yeah, you can always find us. Uh, or you know, ats social media ats are all in the description down below. Going back to our discussion of Tempt Me at Twilight, because uh, it does feel like it was like an hour and a half ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing that it's a s- small-ish aspect of the book, but I thought it was really interesting and I did not remember this about Harry as a character. Um, there's this whole conversation about the fact that he's more or less create so harry is a very very intelligent man like probably that's a problem for him uh because you know he can't like quite connect with people on like a you know intellectual intellectual level level. so he's very much into creating stuff which is why he has this like whole room of curiosities he's just interested in in mechanisms and stuff uh which leads him to also create weapons of war he's into that and he doesn't see how wrong that is Mm -hmm. and poppy is like do you not realize that you are helping in killing innocent people and to him he's like i'm not involved in it i'm just creating the you know sketches and stuff but it's whoever you know wields the weapon that's at fault not me and so he's kind of making himself blameless in the whole thing um which obviously then you know brings up the whole like climax of the book i guess you could say where he literally gets kidnapped because eventually he goes to the guy that wanted the the sketches and he's like i'm not gonna you know keep up with this i don't want to design more weapons of war and the guy doesn't take no for an answer and he, you know, kidnaps him and he's planning to, like, locking, lock him up in a room until he does. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation, I guess. Um, it's probably a touchy one. So here, it's interesting with Harry how, you know, he's able to create weapons and he does, and that puts him in the good graces of the country. And then eventually he realizes that maybe that's wrong. Maybe you shouldn't use, or maybe some things are not worth creating, even though you know how powerful they can be. It doesn't outweigh the pain and harm that they can cause. But Okay, so for Harry, do you believe that's the reason why he chose not to pursue that? Or is it because he knew how much Poppy was against it? I think it's because he knew how much she was against it. Yeah. I don't think he fully was agreeing with it, but he wanted to do it just because he knew that that was kind of like a make or break thing between them. Like she was really against it. Yeah. I mean, what can I answer? I don't have the the intelligence or like the mental capacity to even like think about creating something that could destroy. I personally, I would not want to see another weapon out there in the world that can kill humanity. And I feel like some people don't think about, like you said, the ethical side of it. But I also feel like in Harry's case, 
he thought of it more as like the next puzzle to solve. Like he just saw it as like a new thing that he can think about or like obsess over. So like on that sense, I feel like maybe a lot of inventors think in that sense, you know, just keep their brain occupied because, you know, there's not many things like you said that can intrigue them enough to like continue thinking about. I think sadly we are the weapons, you know, like we create them. They come from us. They, we are weapons. I think we will always find a way to kill each other, unfortunately. Like, yeah. I, why? I don't know. But I think even if something doesn't get created, then something else will. You know, something yeah. else, someone else won't care to not go there, and they will. I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's definitely like a hard, quite like a difficult question to answer and probably not a question that has an answer. There are things that I'm like, why did we create this ever? Period. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we could even like go into a conversation about AI and the whole, you know, issues surrounding that, but also, you know, the benefits of AI and how easier, easier it's made our lives, you know, but it's, 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 it's difficult. And the thing is, it's, it's going so fast. Like we are having, the advancements are happening so fast that I don't think we quite have the time to process what they might do like we don't let ourselves think about the repercussions or possible repercussions of having those things in our lives yeah. we just are so eager to have them out there and it's always like this battle of who's gonna create what first who's gonna get there first who's gonna fucking go on the moon first or yeah. colonize uh, Mars first or, or whatever alien it is. first. Like, yeah. Who's gonna <laughs> fucking alien first? Me. It has to be one of us three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't think we let ourselves think about it. Or I don't think we're patient enough. That's the problem. We're becoming less and less patient and in and, and doing that, then uh, we don't think about the repercussions of our actions as much. But I, I think you're right. That I don't think he was doing it because he completely was, you know, had a change of heart on that matter. He was mostly doing it for her. Yeah. What do you think, S? I'm glad that he didn't follow through. Yeah. Because you can kind of, you start to see him change. And like that was, I feel like that was a part of his change. Growing up and kind of thinking about someone other than his, than himself and his mm -hmm. selfish ways. And he does that a lot in this book. I think Harry's growth as a character was really, like, really, really apparent. Because in the beginning of the book, Poppy's like, is this not your home? Do you not want it to feel more like a home? And he's like, I live here. If, if that's what's considered a home, I guess it's my home. And then by the end of the story, he's like, you're my home. Like, wherever you are is my home. And then even with Catherine, like, he had a change of heart, like, completely when he's like, I want to be your big brother. And yeah. he just, like, with Poppy's presence, it softens him and he makes him think about decisions that he's made in the past. And, like, he starts to actually analyze his own thoughts and decisions. So Yeah. I, I think know. he's never really been aware of anyone besides himself. Yeah. And not because he didn't want to, just because that's how he was wired by his childhood. Exactly. Um. So for him, you know, creating a weapon of war, he's like, well... 
I'm creating it. It's coming from me. I'm a genius. And that's about where it ends for him. Like, he, he doesn't really care about the outcome because he's not attached to anyone in this world, you know? No. Um, and it's like his, his um, what's, what's, what was his name? Jake, his assistant or Jake. whatnot, um, secretary. I don't know what he was, but um, he, he never even thought about the fact that Jake has never had a vacation in three years, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He, he's not aware of what goes on with his staff. He wasn't aware that his housekeeper had a broken hand or hurt her hand somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, Poppy knew because Poppy was talking to them and was involved in their lives and yeah. like wanted them to, to wanted to know how they were. But he never let himself do that. So like he wasn't aware of that. Exactly. Um, I think for Harry, it's just like you said, he never let himself feel that. But I also feel like he never knew how to let himself feel that with anyone. True. Yeah. Um, what to but, do with it. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of, like, Poppy and Harry, like, where they started from, like, where they ended. But mm-hmm. l- uh, how did you feel about once they got married, Poppy stopped allowing him to kiss her? And then as the story progressed, when he found her in, like, you know, when she's back at the Hathaway house, Ramsey house, she allows him to kiss her again. How did you feel about uh, her withholding her favors? I thought good for her. Because usually mm-hmm. we see a lot of, like, the heroes kind of... Um, hold back on kissing the heroine so there was a nice little change to see that she wasn't giving she wasn't giving in to him i do too it's like one of my favorite things and it just kills me that he's had it before he knows what her kisses are like and then now he's yeah. not allowed to well Love because it. he took advantage of that right yeah, that's no, how he used her to his own advantage and so she removes that and she's like this is a a privilege okay <laughs> And B, you're going to have to make up for it. You're going to have to earn it because this is intimate. You know, this is more intimate than sex. For her, it's Yeah, yeah, for her. I also love that it's kind of, it's the opposite of Evie and Sebastian, right? Like where Evie was like, we're not going to have sex, but you can kiss me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And obviously, like once he's proven himself um then she's like okay then we can start doing that again i will say their sex scene once she's finally enjoying it was so hot like oh yeah their chemistry is so (gasps) palpable it's just indeed that scene that scene where he's like make it wet (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh my god Make it wet. <laughs> I love it. Um, would love to have a chat with past S who thought that historical romance couldn't be hot. I know. What was I thinking? <laughs> who was I? I don't know. You're a changed woman. Yeah. Now the one scene, or like the yeah. one thing I'm looking forward to for S's reaction is in book five. That scene in book five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what scene in book five? When is book five? Or what book are we on? Three? Three. Yeah. Um, no, but Leo, Leo is. Mm, Leo. 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 Excuse me, sir. Leo knows a few tricks. So don't, don't feel disheartened that Leo's next. Cause like, mm. 
I'm curious, like, out of all of them so far, I'll include Leo, because you know him, you know, you you haven't seen him as, like, a proper hero, but you know him. Mm-hmm. Who would you most want? Kev. For me, Kev. In bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is the best lover out of all of them? Hmm. I think it's between Kev and Harry. Yeah, really? I'd say that's Interesting. Good. I would say Leo. He's been around a bit too much for me. He's only come on some diseases. I'm just talking, well, I'm sure, but I'm just talking like he just seemed really determined in that in that scene with the the lady to be like, yeah, I'm. I don't leave women without, you know, their pleasure. Like, that's very important to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, Leo, we love, we love a determined man. I think I'm going to have to read Leo's book and also Christopher's book just to make like a... Why did you say his name? Can you shut up? You've already said it. No. She didn't know. You didn't know. <laughs> she doesn't know Christopher. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Now she knows his name is Christopher. <laughs> Do we want to move on to the monster of the story? Sure. For Harry, uh, we've kind of mentioned it just to, uh, you know, repeat. Um, I think his the way he grew up being isolated um, from everyone, from relationships, from attachments, has left him very protective and possessive of the things that he does have Mm -hmm. in that sense his work is his whole life because that's what he has success is his whole life and he holds on to that very hard because that's you know what he's proud of that's what he has there's the whole thing with the watch like yet he knows he's successful yet he knows it's not enough just because of you know pocket watch yeah, like he still feels like he's not enough or he's not doing enough or he's not done enough with his life. Anyway, all this to say it it left him very possessive of, of those things that he knows he's achieved. One of them being Poppy. You know, he's very possessive of Poppy. And she does mention that she doesn't think it... And, and this is in, in, in when he doubts that, you know, when she, he thinks she went to Michael... And she didn't, and he doesn't trust her, and he's, like, very angry about it, and he's like, where did you go? Every single place, I want to know everywhere you went. He's very psychotic in that scene. (laughs) And she says, you know, she doesn't think that his possessiveness and jealousy comes from the fact that he actually doesn't trust her. She thinks it comes from the fact that he has insecurities of his own. Yeah. So I think for him that's where it lies like that's where the monster is yeah in his insecurity uh from you know everything he didn't have growing up Mm -hmm. which materialistic things don't count that doesn't add up to much as far as character growth yeah no I agree with that and I also feel like the belief for him like the belief of being unlovable is really Hmm. strong for Harry because like you said his his upbringing wasn't the best his mom left him when he was a child. His father, that he perceived as his father, treated him like he was nothing, that he didn't exist. Um, 
like you said, despite being like a rich guy, he didn't really have that affection or that love for anyone. And the two people whose love should be unconditional, he didn't have that. And he says really early on in the book, first to Catherine and then to uh, Poppy, that no one's ever tried to love him anyway. So it doesn't matter if I have her love or not. Um, and because of the absence of love, of love, I feel that he makes decisions that would help him in the long run and like obviously help him but also hurt others but at that time he didn't really care about hurting others because he doesn't know the extent of love or like how powerful it could be so for me I feel like it's his belief that he was unlovable from the beginning what do you think then of the fact that he doesn't want or go ahead and start a relationship with or I guess a, a sister brother relationship with Catherine until after Poppy. I think at that point, that's when he realizes that maybe he is loved and like maybe he could possibly pursue another relationship, that being his sister, because he does recognize her by the end of that story that she is the only family he has and she is, ha- look, sorry, she has proved herself to be a good person. And yeah, he just wanted to have family. Because he saw the Hathaways, he sees the love between them and that their dynamic, and I think a part of him yearns for that and wants that with his own family. There was also a quote that um, Poppy said um, that he not incapable of love, that he wasn't incapable of love. He just me- he just merely needed to be shown how. And I feel like once yeah. he had that with Poppy, and it felt like he was able to he was able to love her the way she needed to the way he was capable of loving her. And he saw that he was probably doing a good job at it. Then he was able to form or willing to form a connection with his sister. How did you feel about um, his first, his belief that he didn't care if he had her forgiveness. He just wanted her body. How did you feel about that? Cause now like, I think closer to like halfway into the book, he wants her heart. He wants her love. And he was afraid he would never get her forgiveness. Like, that was just a constant thought in his head. She'll never forgive me. Like, he didn't, he didn't know better, right? Did he, though? <laughs> well, he knew he wanted Poppy. And he thought that was the only way to get her was mm-hmm. to hurt others to get that. Yeah. I mean, I actually commend Lisa Claypas here because it's ambiguous in the sense that... Or not ambiguous, but com- complex in the sense that... He wants her forgiveness because he knows it's important. He knows it's like an important thing to have, but he never lets go of that opinion that he's like, but why? I'm not sorry. You know, and I actually like that because, you know, a proper romance hero would eventually go, oh, I did something wrong and I'm so sorry about it. Blah, blah, blah. I never should have gone about it that way. I love that he never does. He's always, until the very end, he's like, no, I, I'm not sorry I did this. Yeah. I'm sorry it hurt you. That's that's it. That's <laughs> but I'm not yeah. sorry I did it because I know otherwise I never would have been able to get to you. Exactly. I think more so, yeah, I like that he was just like, no matter what, I'm not sorry that I have you, but I'm sorry that I hurt you. Yeah, I just love that we don't get this, like, watered-down version of him that's, like, suddenly a proper little romance hero. Like, he suddenly becomes a cinnamon roll. No, that would never be Harry. He wasn't a fake villain. (laughs) He was an actual villain. 
Yeah, it it would never be him. Yeah. He was a very flawed mm-hmm. man. Exactly. And he doesn't change. And I can see why he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Not the good way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But... <laughs> and even, like, even when uh, they're with her family in Ramsey House, and she's like, well, don't you want to have like a honeymoon and he's like what are we gonna do like i have work to do and she's like saying all these romantic things and he's like not really having it and then she's like well you can make love to your wife and she's like okay we're staying a month (laughs) you know even to the end like he's got priorities okay and he's not gonna change like i mean if we're trying to like figure out if this man's redeemed i don't he obviously apologized for, for what he did, like, hurting her. But I don't feel like he's changed to the point where, like, he's this newfound man. He has love in yeah. his life. Um, and he loves his wife and he loves his sister. Um, and he's starting to maybe, you know, handle or be a part of this new family he has, this chaotic bunch. But I don't feel like he's going to change his ruthless nature. He's going to be hairy no matter what. The harsh businessman. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. You know, he's hot. I am fine with that. I appreciate that because it's different. And I just, I feel like, especially, uh, you know, modern romances, which, I mean, this is literally just came out like 20 years ago, but I, I guess it's old. It's not you know, 20 you know, years old, okay? I mean, almost, probably. No? Did, wasn't it like early 2000s? Like 2004 or oh, something? Oh, shoot. When did this come out? I mean, it's old by romance standards, for sure. And I just feel like it'd be expected nowadays of a hero like him to eventually, like, just completely change to the point of being unrecognizable and just, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just really appreciate that he didn't, Lisa Kleopas didn't have him do that. But also, okay, so the question now is, so we know that what he does is wrong. And we know that he purposefully traps her into a marriage kisses her more or less against her will to get an end which in his brain justifies the means Mm -hmm. uh so my question is because one of the debates that we had through reading the wallflower books is that they were edited and a lot of the scenes that are considered quote-unquote controversial were taken out one of those scenes was the prologue in Secrets of a Summer Night where uh, Simon kisses Annabelle, quote-unquote, against her will. Not unlike what he does here, what Harry does here with Poppy. So the question is, because I remember us, while we were reading those books, you and I, Seth, were like, well, what the fuck did they do with this book then? Like, (laughs) the whole plot of the book is based on the fact that he traps her into marriage by kissing her in public, knowing what it's going to cause. A scandal. No, let's not forget their first kiss, too, in his room, his curiosity room. True. She didn't want that kiss, and he kissed her. She's literally in love with someone else. Like, she's not interested in this man for the first 30%. She finds him hot, but that doesn't mean she wants his affections. Mm-hmm. Um, so the discussion here is, what? how is this different? Why is this left in? Probably because it was, like, so intertwined in the plot that it literally yeah. could not be taken out. But why, then, take it out of the other books when it was probably not as bad in the other books as it was here? Like, he's literally a villain. Like, you can't. 
you that's, can't paint him otherwise. I think you answered the question with the question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's because he is villain-like and because he's a very gray character, you can't really take out these scenes because it's very... It's, like, written into his character in the story. You can't just take it out. It wouldn't make sense. The story would not make sense because of how it's written into the story. Also, I feel like it was taken out of Simon and Annabelle's book because it was easily taken out because it was a prologue and it's just one scene and you take it out. And it's not really mentioned many times after that. You know, the kiss. Or not many, not as many people read the Hathaways as they read the wallflowers. Oh, that could be true. And maybe the wallflowers are still getting, you know, a, a, a new crowd to this day and that new crowd is used to a different kind of romance whereas they may not read the hathaways as much like it's rare that i hear someone reading the hathaways whereas like the wallflowers everyone's always reading them the hathaways are so good i feel like these books are like the level of intensity there it's way higher in the the series than it is in that wallflower series i love the wallflower series don't get me wrong i just feel like don't <laughs> Don't talk to me about intensity when Sebastian yeah. Vincent no, is right but there. That's, no, and obviously Westcliff. Like, those two men, yes, they're very insane and, like, intense, and I love that. But I feel like each book that we've read for this series of the podcast, you know, the first, second, and third, we're experiencing, like, a, like, I don't know how to d- describe it, but, like, these men are, like, extra alpha and, like, really, mm-hmm. like, you know, intense that again i don't think lisa claypas can write something that is not an alpha male true in some capacity um but i feel like there's more of like an urgency with these characters i feel like in this series in mm. my opinion of course but it's also darker you know yeah. in the themes that are explored um uh poppy what do you think her monster is I didn't really have one for Poppy. Well, that's the thing. At first, up until just now, I didn't have one for her either. And I was like, what does that say about her character that she doesn't have a monster? Which I didn't want to go into, like, does that mean she's not as developed as a character? I think she's very developed as a character. And now that I think about it, Poppy actually grew up in a fairly good family family, you know like the reason why she's as strong and you know independent and self-assured as she is is because she was allowed to do that she was she grew up in an environment that was very lovable uh lovable loving sorry uh with you know siblings that made room for everyone to become whatever they wanted. You know, they make ample room for Beatrix to be who she wants to be, which is not something that you would see in another family. You know, they're very accepting and loving in that way. Um, So when you look at characters like the two previous women, which are Amelia, who had the burden of being the mother to her own siblings, or Wynne, who grew up being extremely sick and, you know, for most of her life she felt like she wasn't a woman. Yeah. You look at Poppy, who is actually the first child here, who, because the others had such burdens, burden on their shoulders, she was actually able to have a fairly good life. Yeah. So that creates someone who's fairly, like, happy, you know? She's, she's. She, she she doesn't really have a monster, but the one that I can think about is her family in the sense that they are 
pariahs in society. You know, like, that's part of the reason why Michael... It's part of why she wasn't receiving any sort of uh, offers. True. You know? And also why Michael's father didn't want him to be associated Mm. with her, yeah. Right? I mean, Harry literally used that against her, (sighs) you know? And so it is a thing, you know? And it didn't help that... First of all, it's a thing because they didn't grow up in a rich environment being titled. They got the title afterwards it just kind of happened for them and they were like oh okay and like they don't fit in because that's just not how they were raised they Mm -hmm. weren't raised to be part of this society the ton and then on top of that two of them have married men who amongst the ton are not literally not considered human i know you know so it doesn't help and then i think that's part of it for her you know, as much as she's a great human being who was allowed to be whoever she wanted to be and she's loved and she knows it and she's just a well-developed person, human mm-hmm. being, there is still that, you yeah, know, in the background. external circumstances that uh, did, like, prohibit her from, you know, finding yeah. a, a suitor. But I also love that her and even... Beatrix never like bemoaned the fact that because of their family they're unable to you know pursue a relationship because like that's never really a priority for any of them maybe for Poppy at the beginning of the story she's like yeah I want to get married like I want that but for Beatrix it's very much like off her radar like I don't think she seems to where we're at in this book that she wants to pursue a relationship because she knows she's like she's different um, and like you said, Poppy was very well adjusted and she needed to be, she needed to be confident in herself and also her love and how she is loved in order to be the, the partner for Harry, I think. Also, you mentioned Beatrix, but the, an interesting thing that's mentioned in this book is Poppy actually mentions how she's not that comfortable you know, making small talk with the gentlemen and, like, you yeah. know, actually getting their attention. Whereas for Beatrix, even though she's not seeking it, she's getting it. Like, it's very easy for her to be interesting and, like, to get the interest of gentlemen of the ton, even though she's not trying or wanting it. It's just, it's a thing that happens for her. Yeah. So, Yeah. I I just thought that was an interesting thing because you wouldn't expect it of Beatrix, I feel like. As did you have any monster for Poppy? I just feel like we went off and talked about Poppy. No, I don't have anything for her. Okay. How did you feel about that one scene? Last thing I want to talk about. That one scene with Amelia and Cam when they're in bed. I think they're in bed. And then um, Cam is telling Amelia to be his good little, be a good Romany wife or something like that. Yes, that was the scene. I mentioned that to you. It was like, if they fucking took this out, I'm out. I love that scene. It's a little, tiny little scene, but I love it. All right. Anywho, all right. Time to uh, rank the characters, I think. Okay. Let's start with us. Are we doing uh, guys or? Do both. Do both? Okay. So for, um, I'll start with the guys. Bottom to top, always bottom to top. Um, it's gonna be Cam, Kev, and then Harry, and then for the girls, it's gonna be Amelia, Wim, and then Poppy. 
All right, so my order for the males would be Cam, Harry, then Kev. And then for the females, this one's a bit tricky because I love Wynn, but I also love Poppy. So it would be Amelia. Uh, see, like, I, I don't know. I, I like them both for different reasons. But, okay, it would be Amelia, Poppy, then Wynn. Okay. Uh, I think for the men, it'd be the same as S. Okay. I think Cam, Kev, then Harry. For the women, I think I think I'm gonna say Amelia, Poppy, and Win. As per usual, uh, if you want to share with us your own ranking of these characters, feel free to reach us online. Also, don't forget about the task. Very long, but we would love to know what animal you are. Um, feel free to reach us online. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Romance and the Monsters Podcast. Also on Twitter at the RTM Pod. Uh, email is Romance and the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. And YouTube, just search for the name of our podcast and you should be able to find us. Um, as for me, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me as on both Twitter and Instagram at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros of Woes. I think we managed a whole episode without the lawnmower. Because <gasps> my dad's not here, that's why. But I'm pretty sure he'll be out there right now. Um, great, amazing. No lawnmowers today. Uh, anyways, I hope you enjoyed, and uh, we will see you next week. And if you want to get a head start, uh, we will be reading or discussing uh, Love in the Afternoon. Married by Morning. Married by Morning. Love in the in Afternoon two is weeks book five. From now. So, hope to see you there. And that's it. Bye. Bye.